Welcome back to the Rural EV Diaries. I'm Ben. And I'm Brent. All right, so we were discussing what to do for this episode, and we hit on this idea of going back and readdressing some of the cons from episode two. And then I realized that we've answered most of those, if not all of them, in the last couple of episodes, especially talking about going on longer trips. So that being said, we're going to move ahead. And um, being in the utility industry, we get, um, we're privy to certain conversations. Um, and there was a presentation done by which co-op? It's a Rappahannock co-op in Virginia. Okay, Rappahannock co-op. Um, just to give some perspective, they're about three si uh, three times the size of the co-op that, that me and Brent work for. Um, and I wasn't able to sit through the presentation, but Brent was, so I'm going to let him jump into exactly what was said and what was discussed during this, this presentation. Okay. So... Basically, like Ben said, this, this co-op is bigger. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a handle on how are we going to handle people adopting EVs at an increasingly fast rate. So they are about three times bigger than us. Um, it looks like they have about 18,000 miles of line, which is a whole lot of line. Um, the whole area kind of starts in northern Virginia and sweeps down in kind of a horseshoe pattern uh, towards the southeastern part. It's not really that far south, but that's the direction that it's going as All far right. as their coverage area. So so do they have, uh, you know, like, they probably wouldn't have, you know, in and around the coast and everything because they are a co-op. Exactly. Uh, but are they... Uh, you know, just, just outside that, that belt right. of the Washington. Exactly. Yeah, they're okay. skirt. They don't go to the coast or anything like that. So it kind of meanders its way down into the middle of Virginia and then turns back east a little bit. So, so it kind of looks like a horseshoe. So, so they are the suburbs of the suburbs. Yes. That's that's a yeah. good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so we do have some <laughs> probably... Um, um, Large homes. Oh area, yeah, I would imagine. I'm sure. Estates. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, country homes. Yeah, they got the on down in this presentation. They talk about one particular substation um, that feeds into one of these neighborhoods. And just from some of the things I was throwing out to you, did it sound like pretty nice larger homes? Um, or well, could you even tell from some of the you, stuff that I was telling you about? You, you can't, but just, you know, um, it's either a, a subdivision that's got some, some really nice yeah. homes mm -hmm. or there's a whole bunch of smaller homes. Mm -hmm. 
So it could be one of two ways, but I would imagine that it's... Uh, yeah, I I toyed with the idea of moving into this area not long after college to actually work for the Secret Service mm-hmm. because I have a degree in finance and they were looking for uh, people with that background because they had counterfeit money. You know, it's, it's they funny, investigate that. It's funny you said that because I remember uh, back when I was in engineering school mm-hmm. that uh, I talked to the uh, Secret Service and the NSA mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Um, as potential, man, they recruit heavy. They do, and and I went through the process to a, a point. I had one interview with them, and they I was going to to be in the uniform division, mm-hmm. so I was going to have to move to D.C. and guard like you know the school that the senators' kids attended or one of the buildings, right? In like a police looking uniform, which was fine with me. But when he started telling me the cost of living, and he was like, "Well, you're going to have to live probably 50 miles outside of D.C." commute every morning he said and you'll have to get roommates to do that and i was just like really and and that was probably making i don't know sixty thousand dollars a year starting out yeah yeah we we got it nice our salaries aren't high but cost of living yes cost of living but i made a point to uh uh i've got a a mentor that's in cincinnati Mm -hmm. and i was talking to him one time and um you know here's just this guy that's like extremely wealthy went and paid cash for like a $16,000 Kia. Right. Back when Kias were $16,000. Yeah. And I told him, I said, what you don't realize, I said, the cost of living since Cincinnati is obviously higher than it is where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, not significantly, but right. it's, it's higher. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, the, the problem is you wouldn't drop 16 grand on a car. And I said, if I go buy the same car, I'm going to drop 16 grand, mm-hmm. but it's less of a, a, a percentage of yep. a person's salary That's right. that, that lives in, in these areas than it is, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the salaries have to, to compensate. Yeah. So I, I think that's why a lot of people with working from home and being able to, to move into rural America. Yep. Uh, they feel like they got a pay raise. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's nowhere we can move that feels no. like we get a pay raise. It would go the other way yeah. for us. We yeah. would have to make a significant, significantly yeah. more money. Okay, but that's okay. That's the first digression yeah. of the day. Yeah, that's all. That's Hey, we've got to roll with it here. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to uh, Rappahannock. Okay. So we're, we're looking at some of the things, and I'll just go over this like – from a bird's eye view, they're they're talking about a couple things. They're worried about their aging infrastructure and how it's going to handle right. um, the additional EVs that are going to come. They um, they talk about hardening the infrastructure, and then they talk about the business objectives from an electric vehicle standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know how they're going to, I guess. Um, help members with this transition and then they want to look and see how ready they are and how ready the members are to do these type of things because like you and I talked about it's it's infrastructure and then to the pole to the transformer that goes down into the meter and then after that it's the members responsibility Mm -hmm. which is where these chargers are going to be installed right so it's twofold Right. An upgrade on the member's side and an upgrade on our side. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to look at because you 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 pulled up two or three topics and just talking about those two topics mm-hmm. uh, because 
A, the infrastructure, the existing infrastructure is a, uh, I mean, we deal with it day to day. Mm-hmm. And before you had EVs being, being a thing, yeah. um, before you had crypto, and we'll, we need to get into what crypto's doing. Yeah, I'd love to, because it's confusing to me. Um, but because of, of those two things that, that we know that are coming, because, you know, just the, the tip of the iceberg is what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Um, those things uh, are going to require significant yeah. upgrades to the to the to the grid. Right. Um, and the thing is, there's limitations to all of that. And not only that is it's it's not like okay, um, certain wire sizes can only carry right certain capacity right, right. Um, just like a hose can only let so yeah. much water through right? exactly and we can get a bigger hose yeah um, the trouble is the poles that we have that are existing sticking up out of the ground right now are they sufficient mm-hmm. to hold the bigger hose yeah essentially and then the question becomes well yeah they'll hold it well, what, what about the next time that we get a, a storm? Because we just came out of a windstorm that uh, we had a week's worth of outages yep. uh, from the wind. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's something to consider. And they, they were talking about how each pole is got all these metrics mm-hmm. that they know about to, to know how much of the wind it could sustain. Right. And so when you start making bigger line sizes... Yeah. then you've got to change some of those. And then you have to look at, if you notice, we, we had, I don't know, 80-some broke poles. Yeah, I think that's right. And, um, you know, they 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 broke where the phone and mm-hmm. cable yeah. were attached. They didn't break. And we might hit on that someday. I mean, that yeah. most people don't care about that. They right. just want their electric on. Yeah. Uh, but, it's hey, if your electric goes off and it's because of a broken pole... It wasn't the electric people's fault. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. That, that stuff the other people put on weighs a lot too, right? Yeah, and uh, it doesn't break. No. The electric lines break. That's right. We, we can go back and splice them together. Right. And uh, and they work just fine. People don't want to splice fiber off. No. And I, I understand. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's... Digression number two. For yes, me. we're good at those, I think. Uh, we should just do a whole podcast on <laughs> digressions. All right, so let's let's uh, hit on, um, let's just hit on, well, continue with what you were Yeah, saying. so one of the things I was going to talk about, this is interesting. From their point of view, they've got 53 new named EV models in the next four years. And they've got on here uh, Chevrolet, Honda, Stellantis, have you heard of them? Mm-mm. 25 or more all-electric models coming out in the next four years. GM's got 30, Dodge, Ram, Volkswagen, and then they've got another one called, am I pronouncing this right, Lyric? Yeah. L-Y-R-I-Q, looks like. Yeah, it's Lyric. Okay. So these are the those are the vehicles or the companies that they're looking at that are really going to push out just an overflow of, of electric vehicles. Right. Now so the that question is, are they going any of them going to do it well? 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, these new companies are the ones that... I don't trust Chevrolet to do it well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. They, well, they've had a long time to do it well, and so... And for those that they've are been listeners, um, I've got a, a love-hate relationship with <laughs> Chevrolet in general. <laughs> anyway, go, go ahead. So, so their next... The real next point that they make in this um, this presentation is they compare the household energy demand comparison, and this is um, the discussion you and I were having before we turned on the the microphone. It goes all the way from a laptop computer to the Ford F one fifty Lightning, and so what I'm going to do is let you expound upon um, the demand that's going to put on. A couple of things: what the what the members going to look like as far as upgrades they're going to have to make, and then how much electricity is really going to be used when you add an F one fifty Lightning. Because they've got some stuff here, and it's a lot. But I feel like that you'll be able to kind of discuss this section a little bit better All right. than I would. But all right, uh, basically, any appliances and an EV is. Just really a big appliance. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, they're going to use uh, a certain amount of of energy. All right, and we uh, we we'll go back to to some little basics. If I refer to energy, I'm talking about kilowatt hours. Okay. When I say power, I'm talking about kilowatts. Okay. Okay, and. Um, the relationship of the two is, you know, kilowatts is how much you're drawing. Mm -hmm. Kilowatt hours is how much have you been drawing over a space of time. Okay. All right. So a hundred watt light bulb and they don't make hundred watt light bulbs anymore, but that's a, mm -hmm. the example I've always used is a hundred watt light bulb. The demand, the power that it consumes is a hundred watts. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's as soon as you turn it on, it's consuming. Exactly, it's all or nothing, basically. Yes, but if you leave that or leave that on for an hour, then you have used a hundred kilowatt hours because it's the demand of hundred yeah. over the hours. Right. Two hours is two hundred kilowatt hours. Right. Your demand was still only a hundred kilowatts, but it's two hundred because it's been on for two hours. That being said, um, it's it's funny because they they have this uh, this chart that that Brent has put in front of me, and I need to figure out some way to put this up on the website. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, like your microwave is on here, and you know your microwave. If you go to the store, mm -hmm. you're going to buy a microwave that is I don't know a two thousand watt microwave. Okay. Yeah. Okay which means it's going to draw to KW. Right. Okay. Uh, bigger the microwave, the faster yeah, cooks. exactly. Okay. Um, but all your appliances have a rating. Mm-hmm. All right. When you look at chargers, the charger I've got at home, my juice box is juice box 40. It's a 40 amp charger mm -hmm. at 240 volts. If I take 40 or 40 amps, multiply that by... 240, mm -hmm. then I get the, uh, and this goes back to basic electrical engineering, yeah. Ohm's law, or uh, Ohm's law, 
Uh, One of those laws. Yeah, I think it's almost like um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in school. But power is equal to voltage times. Mm -hmm. So you take your 240, you, you multiply it by uh, your 40 amps. Um, can't do that in my head. Um, but it's like 7,200 um, volt amps. Mm hmm uh, which is 7.2 watts. Yeah. No, let's see. Man, I'm going to have to go back and edit this. So uh, here's the thing. This is... Yeah, it's, it, it, it's 7,200 watts, which is 7.2 kilowatts. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's. Uh, I'll, I'll put it to the listeners this way, okay? Some of the stuff that we're going to get into and that Ben's going to talk about is really complex. And the best way I could say that um actually it's a it's 9.6 okay. so yeah doing do, do math is yeah 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 the, the best the best way i could say that is is will make it easy easier for you to understand and my dad told me this because he used to have his electrical license he said electricity just doesn't work like you think it does he said it's <laughs> almost it's almost spooky the way that it works and it's you're describing some of that right now as far as like from the mathematical standpoint of understanding what exactly is going on right. when you turn your microwave on right? and why it uses what it does as opposed to the light bulb as opposed to the other things like I thought it was really cool the hair dryer if you turn it on it's going to use more than a level one charger right and that's right hard it's to believe just, really but it's crazy um, and that comes back back to the the whole wattage thing and I'm sorry that I didn't do math on the fly <laughs> um, yeah, it's nine point six, and I know that because I have made that calculation so many times. Yeah. But for some odd reason, I had I had something else in my mind. Um, anyway, so uh, like he just said, a level one EV charger. Uh, I think mine's hundred twenty uh, hundred twenty volts. It's like fifteen amps. Yeah. So it's like eighteen hundred. Um, watts, so it's uh, 1.8 kilowatts. Right. Um, hair dryers, depending on size. Of the exactly. Hair dryer. My wife's got the good ones too, so they yeah. probably yeah. Use so they, more. They, they they might be drawing two yeah 2.5 kilowatts. So, yeah. You know, I I don't know. I don't have enough hair to dry. No, me either. So, um, it doesn't. It, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, that being said, my my level two charger, like I said, nine point six mm -hmm. uh, kilowatts, plug in for an hour, it's nine point six yeah. kilowatt hour. Right. Um, and then if you want to do some some even more fun math, you multiply that by your per kilowatt hour rate, and that's what it's cost you to right. charge for an hour. Um, but I'm getting a little bit a little bit off topic because we were talking about that that F one fifty lightning yeah. charger. Yeah. Okay, so the charger for an F-150 that I think that as an incentive that they will provide you your, your home charger. Yeah. Uh, if not, they can sell you one mm -hmm. that operates at 80 amps. Right. Okay, so yeah, uh, that's, that's a ridiculous amount. Right. Uh, in fact, that's, uh, that's 9.6 times two. Uh, which is uh, 19.2 kilowatts mm -hmm. that you've just added to your right. 
Um, Which is what they're showing here in this graph, and that's why the, the F-150 Lightning line is red, and it's all the way out there to the 19 right. line. And, and I just noticed that uh, the uh, level 2 EV charger that was above it mm -hmm. is right there, and they've, they've got it... And about 7.2, which is for some other reason why I had in my mind, mm -hmm. should be around a 30 amp charger. Right. Okay. Or 32 amp. Um, and that's. So uh, that's why you need a 50 amp breaker, probably. Yeah. Well, my, my 40 is on a. You're on a 40. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, that's. Got to upsize your breaker. Yeah. So now, at 19 kW, 80 amp charger, you're looking at. I don't think they make 90 amp breakers. They do make 100 amp breakers. They do, yes. So whoever installs this charger has to have a 100 amp breaker in their panel box for this to work. Right. Um, now, as we've discussed, if an F-150 pulled my driveway, they could use my level two charger. It's just not going to charge it at uh, 19 kW. Which means it's going to be slower. It's going to be slower. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the... So, to me, and this not really off topic, it's kind of like, how how worried should I be about speed if I'm charging at home, though? I mean, well, you know, why why get a level, why get a supercharger as opposed to a two and a one? Now, I, don't, I want it to be able to charge. What I want is I want to be able to plug my car up at night if I want to at, say, 9:30, and when I get up to leave work for work in the morning, it's fully charged. So you're looking at you know whatever eight ten hours of charging time. Well, let's uh, let's break here. Okay. And we'll pick this up in a little bit. Sounds good.